Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. And for the next two hours, we're going to be here talking about cars. And you're welcome to join us if that's what you want to do. 602-508-0960. My voice sounds a little crackly today. And I didn't even know that till I started here. Hopefully, it'll warm up. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or a car problem or if you and your husband are arguing about which new car to buy or if uh, you, you want to know what kind of car to You know, that's that's the one question I get a lot is what should I get my kids? And my answer is pretty simple. Buy something old but big with airbags. That's it. You just get a big Oldsmobile, perhaps a two-door, so you can kind of minimize the kids that are going to be in it. And it's wrapped with a whole bunch of metal, and it's got a big motor in front of it. And uh, you can always have your technician trim the motor back just a little bit. And uh, and you wrap your kids with a lot of iron, or pickup trucks are a good idea, especially a two-seater pickup truck. Because then again, if they have a crash and there's 10 kids in it, you're going to have nine lawsuits. <laughs> so, And I'm being facetious, but that does happen a lot. 602-508-0960, Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is a really good shop. We we contact Nate on a regular basis, as he does us, when one of us comes up with a problem on a diesel. Not too long ago, I called Nate, and I was up in Payson, and I said, hey, I got this, this, and this. And he goes, oh, I know what that is. He said, that's, a, that's the uh, fuel pressure regulator. And I said, okay. And he was right. I I actually had somebody up here in Payson do it. And I says, I think this is what it is because you don't come in with your own diagnosis. And they called me back and they said, that's exactly what it is. So I don't have any tools up here. And I, I, I knew I wasn't going to get home. So I just had them fix it. And, and I was pretty happy with the pair. I was happy with the price. And I was happy with my truck. So strictly diesel service and repair. 24 hours a day, you can go to their website. But they do foreign and domestic diesels. And as you know, strictly diesel means strictly diesel. So if you're a customer of theirs and you need an oil change on your wife's car, I I understand that they'll do that sometimes. They just don't want to push diesel people aside to do gasoline motors. But there's times we're all kind of slow. And speaking of slow... Our industry is in flux right now. We are very confused about the direction of our industry. And I'll give you an example of the big problem. The newer model cars need a lot less maintenance than the ones made 10, 15, and 20 years ago. Unfortunately for us, that means we're going to see you less often. Now, before in the old days, we see you every 3,000 miles. And then it went to 5,000 miles, then 7,500. Now many cars are at 10,000. And that's because the oil changed. We used to use Fred Flintstone oil, which is called conventional. Then we have a semi-synthetic, and then we have a synthetic. And guess what? The semi-synthetic is supposed to be 50-50. But depending on the name on the can, it could be 60-40 or something like that. Synthetic oil is much more expensive than conventional 1030 or 30 weight or 40 weight or whatever. The idea is is that with synthetic, you have longer oil change intervals and you get superior protection from an overheat, from your engine wear, 
because synthetic oil is so much better than conventional oil. Now, let's look at it from this point of view, and I can tell you this came from the mouth of oil experts that work for Chevron and Vaveline. They said conventional oil is good for three to 5,000 miles. Semi-synthetic is going to go from five to probably 8,500, 9,000 miles. But a synthetic can go 15 to 20,000 miles. Now, here's the only problem with synthetics going 18 to 20,000 miles. 50, I'm going to go 15 to 20,000. People think they can just drive for 10,000 miles and not do anything, and that's not true. You need to check your oil on a regular basis. It's not because your engine's going to drink synthetic oil. That's not the case. It's just no matter what you do, you need to check your oil every once in a while. And it's not that big of a deal to do it at the gas pump. And you ladies, have your husband do it, have your oldest son do it, have your oldest daughter do it, teach them how to do it. But the idea is... It's not that big of a deal, and let me put it in perspective. We probably see five cars a year that come in that the engines have been damaged because somebody didn't check the oil. Most of the time, there's plenty of symptoms. We'll have a low-pressure reading if we have a gauge. In the mornings, when we start it up, it'll clatter, and the clatter will go away. And there's some other things that you should be looking for. And many of you look at them and hear them, but you don't do anything about them. And to pull in your garage, not on Monday morning or Friday afternoon, but to pull into your garage or your shop and say, would you check my oil? I've got a little bit of a clatter or I've got a problem. Could you take a look at it real quick? That's not a bad idea. The real problem is is that our industry has people in it that are selling you a $100 oil change and putting synthetic oil on it, but the window sticker calls you back at five or 7,000 miles. And... That's just not really what we should be doing. And then what happens is, is if we call you back at 7,000 miles and you pay attention to the sticker that's in the upper left-hand corner of your windshield, you really only got 50% of the use of that oil. And there's nothing wrong with running synthetic 10 to 15,000 miles. Go to their website and figure it out. They're all going to be between 15,000. I use a synthetic oil in my pickup truck. I love it because... It, I know I'm getting superior lubrication. I'm using a, I think I'm using a 530 or a 1530. I don't really remember. Anyway, I know that synthetic oil will turn to a tar much later than conventional oil. So conventional oil on an overheat situation will turn to a tar and wipe the motor out. A synthetic will turn to a tar much later. So if you have to drive another mile home and you insist on doing that, you always run the risk of cooking the motor. Synthetic's going to give you a better chance at doing that than conventional oil. So that's what's going on. We have a caller. Who might that be? Say good morning to Tom. Tom, good morning. Good morning. Um, I love your show. Thank you. You give great advice. I need something now because I have a seven-year-old Toyota that I've always taken good care of, but I'm going into my... Uh, second hundred thousand miles that I've not been real comfortable doing in the past, but to pay at the dealership, you just start to realize there's some increased costs. And I know you have good dealerships here in kind of middle Scottsdale. I'm near 84th and Cactus, so I'm right near the air park. Do you have a, a good dealer that uh, to take a car for routine maintenance on a Toyota? I don't have anybody in that area. I have someone down the 101 on McDowell. 
Um, okay. Let me ask you two questions. Where do you work? Maybe I can find one close to where you work. Well, I work in a couple places. I'm way over in Glendale, uh, 56th and Thunderbird. I'm okay. also down near the VA hospital uh, where I've tended to take it to a local dealership there where I, okay. where I got it. And then I'm way out in Goodyear, but that would not be a good place. So I'm okay. thinking down at like Osborne and 3rd Street or Glendale. You know, there, there's a, I think that there's still a shop down there. Whitey Om Joe used to be, a, well, he's a buddy of mine today. And we, we all started in the gas station business in the 60s and the 70s. And Whitey owns Whitey's Automotive, and he's on Thomas and Civic Center. But he doesn't own it anymore. But I talked to him the other day, and he was really proud of the team that's running it now. Um, just another mile south is Bell Automotive, and that's at McDowell in the 101, just west. Um, Craig and Vicky are great people. But I, I want I want you to know that you can put whatever oil in that you want. You don't have to change your oil at 3,000 miles, but... I sense that that's, that's exactly what I was talking about. We can't put a premium oil in it and then deny you the opportunity to use the oil and, and, and experience the longer oil change. And then what's happening is because we don't see you, then what happens is, is when you do come in, we give you a laundry list of things that you need because we know we'll not see you for 10,000 miles, 15,000 miles. So yeah, there's okay. some. Synth- so what the dealership's been doing is very interesting. At five thousand, they don't change the synthetic, but they add some sort of additive at five thousand, and then they change the whole thing over at ten thousand. Okay. Well, let me let me explain why I don't like that. And first, let me tell you that I'm an oil expert. Okay, I've been trained by both Valvoline and Chevron, so I have already been certified as somebody who, when you use an additive on any oil we have today, you throw that oil. And if laboratories can't figure that out, you're wrong. So this idea, see, it, it's called warm and fuzzy. You know, you know, Tom, I, we've got this additive that just works great on Toyotas. And what it does is it lubricates the upper valve seals. It kind of cleans up your rings. If you have an imperfection in the cylinder wall, this oil will get in there and kind of contain the combustion. It'll add a little bit of time to your oil change, but not much. But this is kind of taking the oil to the next level. That's mm-hmm. all bull. All of it is bull poop. That's all a lie. And the idea to put something in that work is going to benefit you, then let me see the science behind it. Let me see the science. And detergent. Everybody thinks that the detergent is scrubbing bubbles. It's not. Detergent oil carries the contamination. It holds it in suspension. So the next time that tablespoon of oil goes through the filter, the filter can remove this little piece of trash. It's carbon. It's metal. It's whatever. So I don't like what you're saying, and, and but let me defend the dealers a little bit here. There's a lot of people that are doing this. The chain store, there's some chain stores, there's some independents, the dealerships, the tire stores that are doing oil changes now. There's a lot of people. Now, I would say half of the industry is doing it right, and half the industry is buttering their own bread on the back of their customers. But, you know, you say to them, I, do you have an MS, a, a material uh, data sheet? MDS, material. I'll get it in a minute because I'll remember MSDS. Um, I need some sheet on this so that I know what you're putting on my car. Oh, you don't have to worry about it. We use it a lot. 
No, no. I want something. I want to know what it is. If not, then take a picture of the can and send it to me. I'd like to do yeah. just a little research on it. But, you know, we do use STP, and I'll tell you what we use STP for. You come in, and your your car is smoking like a fogger, and it's using oil like crazy. We're going to put in some 30-weight or 40-weight, and then we're going to put a pint of STP in it. Your motor's not brand new. Not, now I'm talking about the customer. We're going we're gonna to thicken up the oil a little bit, which will give him better protection, and it'll minimize some of the smoke that's coming out of his tailpipe. But the motor's already loosey-goosey anyway. The motor like yours is 200,000 miles. Well, that's eight times around the equator. Let's not lose sight of that. So, you know, I just I don't like oil additives unless there's a reason. If you're using oil, I like an oil additive. If we need to swell up some of the seals, there's some of them that may do that. There's no guarantee they will. But to just put an oil in there to to, to infer that this is going to make your engine last longer or this will make your oil last longer, I'm just telling you that's not true. That's a lie. Okay? Dude, can you can you give me those two places again? You said one was Whitey's sure. near Whitey's Civic Center? Yeah. Okay. And, and the, other? the other one is Bell uh, automotive, and that's on McDowell, just east of the 101 on the north side of the street. Now, I can I can tell you this much about Bell Auto. Craig and Vicky run it. Craig is one of the finest technicians I've ever met in my life. He's a tall guy. He's really <laughs> just a personable guy. His hands are like tennis rackets when he shakes your, shakes your hand. I just talked to his wife this morning, <laughs> and she said he was riding motorcycles with a bunch of young bucks. He crashed, and he broke his shoulder, and he had to have his shoulder rebuilt. So, but he has staff there, but when it comes to really digging into something that's failed emissions or something that's got a noise or a check engine light nobody can fix, Craig is in the top five in the city. So, no, I, know and, you've recommended and, some, I know you've recommended some places up in the Scottsdale Air Park for just routine maintenance. Are you saying because this is a Toyota you'd recommend those two southern locations for yes, something in the Scottsdale uh, Air Park? No, I... The, there used to be three shops in the Scottsdale Air Park, and I'd, they've all been sold, and I am not enamored by the new owners. And many okay. of the new owners own 30 shops, and the, 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 the idea of the sales and stuff like that, um, I'm not a part of. I'm trying to walk this That's fine it. line. <laughs> I know you're walking so, a fine line. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. There, at Lincoln and Scottsdale Road, the southwest corner, is uh, Bridwell Automotive. Bridwell Automotive. Bill Bridwell owns it, but his two sons run it. They're good guys. And you just say, I have nasty pictures of Mark Salem, so if you really do a good job, I'll give you one of them, and you can sell them to him for a lot of money. I don't okay. get a commission, <laughs> but it's just funny to open the door. Anyway, i got to go, Tom. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. And we'll be right back. Do you ever find yourself asking if you and your spouse have gone from soulmates to roommates? Especially if you're anything like we were. Boy, we sure had our fair share of ups and downs. But we understood that a marriage is a sacred promise, and every one of us needs all the help we can get to keep our bond strong. That's why we attended Salem Media's Resist the Drift, a two-day marriage conference featuring doctors Greg and Aaron Smalley from Focus on the Family. They brought their great experience and wonderful wisdom into our union, reigniting the spark of passion and love we used to share. Thanks to Resist the Drift, our marriage is stronger than ever, and we've rekindled the romantic fire of our youth. You, too, can resist the drift apart in your marriage by attending this unique conference August 25th and 26th at Central Christian Church in Gilbert. This weekend's conference will protect a strong and godly marriage in a fallen world where marriages are constantly under attack. 
Tickets for Resist the Drift are available right now at 960thepatriot.com. This August 25th and 26th at Central Christian Church in Gilbert. That's 960thepatriot.com. Don't miss it. After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter, that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project. I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves, it's, it's their whole family, it brings it all together. We have scars that we carry, and just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were. Right now, I, I'm the best version that I ever have been of myself. I can embrace the brokenness. You wouldn't go into battle alone. You don't have to fight this alone. Visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash notalone. Welcome back, everybody. 1021. My name is Mark Salem, and we've got three lines open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, but we're going to go to Brian and then Mo next. So, Brian, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. I talked to you before, and you really helped out a lot. I'm a customer of uh, Kurt's first, and then when I relocated, I'm a customer of uh, of Thompson's now, so everything's working out good. But Good, good, uh, good, good. I just I just want to say, um, I think it's going to be more important than ever in light of the, I, I don't have the right word, but the organizations that have ganged together and invested in so many shops where people are retiring. I think you need to really thump hard on people studying their owner's manual because I worked in the business and we used to do that. We'd look at it together. And um, that way you know your own. Why don't you look at your owner's manual? That you should. And that's what I have to say today. No, I, I agree. I, I harp on that a lot because you can take the same car into independent shops, chain stores, and dealerships, and you're likely to find three different ideas. Yeah. And, and and here's the worst part. You, Brian, you're right. The worst part is all three of them are outside the parameters of your owner's manual. So the owner's manual is the Bible for your car. You need to follow the owner's manual, and you need to just glue their lips shut and, and just ignore what they say. Now, if they say to you the air filter is really dirty, you, and you say, just put it in the box, put the old one in the box, I want to take right. a look at it, and put the new one in the car. So there are a lot of ways, but... Thank you for your comments. And with Thompson's, um, you know, Thompson's been around since Jesus was a baby. And if you're dealing yeah. with Thompson, you're dealing with Brian or his wife. And I'm happy to hear that you're happy with them because... Very uh, nice people. Very, very nice people. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you very much, Brian. Okay, let's go to Mo. Mo, good morning. How can I help you? Uh, good morning, Mark. Okay, I've got a 01 Dodge Ram 5.9 gasoline, 4x4. And I've I've had a lot of old Rams. I like I love the Gen Two style, body style. Okay, I've never had this problem before. When I go to check the oil, I can't get the dipstick down into the tube. It it gets like blocked, where you cannot get it down far enough to actually check the oil. Okay, I took it to one place, 
and they said, well, it looks like you may have some type of an obstruction where the dipstick hits down there by the oil pan, where you can't actually get it down that far. We've tried different, um, you know, two brackets. It's the same thing. doesn't matter what you do. Have you ever heard anything like that? Yeah, we see it once a year. And um, you give it to the senior tech and you say, dipstick in and out, figure out what it is. And not too long ago, um, Eddie came up and he said, you're not going to believe what I had to do. He said, there must have been a ding on the top part of the neck of the uh, holder. And as I put it through there, it would hang up. But I looked at the end of the dipstick and I could clearly see that it was the top part of the dipstick that was hitting something. So I took a pair of needle nose pliers and I went, dropped the nose just a little bit. He says, it works now. I says, what What do you want me to charge him? He goes, no, he's customer number 895 and we're at 38,000. So I'm going to give it to him for free. And I said, okay. <laughs> I don't care. And so that's well, what we did. Is, is it possible there could be an obstruction down by the oil pan that let me you change, can't get the dipstick me, all the way? Let me change your question. Good. I've been working on cars. I started in high school in 1970. I did two years, and then I opened my own garage because I was a policeman in the middle. And in 79, I opened my garage. I have never seen what you're talking about. I've never fixed it. I've never seen until just recently. And and we all laughed at that because we gave it to Eddie, and we said, you know, what are you going to do? And he says, well, the worst thing, I'm going to pull the dipstick tube out and put a new one in. That's certainly a possibility. But another thing you could do is is you could buy one of those circular brushes and put it on a drill with a speedometer cable, kind of a flexible thing, and just go in and out of that dipstick. But there's a real reasonable explanation. What part of it? You go to Thompson's, right? No. Where well, are you? I don't know. I'm, I'm like an, well, I'm like in Paradise Valley, West okay. Paradise Valley, East Sunny Slope. Okay. Um, are you anywhere Greenway and 40th Street? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty close. Okay. Take it over to Blackwell's. Call and tell him you're coming. Tell him Mark Salem says he doesn't have a prayer in hell of fixing this, but have him call me if he needs help. <laughs> and just and leave the rest of the story. I can't get the dipstick in sometimes. Now, something else you can do is turn the dipstick 180 degrees and see if that makes a difference. If that makes a difference, then it's not an obstruction. It's just some kind of a hang-up, and we, we'll, we know what to do. We're just going to bend the end of it just a little bit. But just go to Blackwell. Don't go on a Monday morning or Friday afternoon because we're all busy, and I don't know what he's going to charge. And if he charges anything more than 8 bucks, then tell him Mark Salem said he was ripping you off. But just have him take a look at it. Black, okay? Blackwell. Okay. Hey, I'm going to be moving up the pace, and maybe I'll see you and your horses, huh? Well, um, it, it, you brought up a subject. <laughs> um I've had horses for a very long time, and uh, I just had my miniature mule die. And so I, I have them cremated, and then I pour their remains along the fence line next to the forest. And so then I just had Lena die, and um, both of them were, got ill quick and, and passed away. And do you, know, <laughs> do you know what the cremains of a horse look like? <laughs> it's a five-gallon no, and a half bucket. It's five gallons plus another half. So anyway, I, I poured Lena too, and then I gave my last paint to Stephanie in uh, Prescott because she has the son of that stud. And um, so I'm out of the horse business. But when you come to Payson, I'll tell you, there's two repair shops. There's Coyote Automotive and Miller. 
if you go to Coyote any of the rest of I'm going to remember that. Coyote Automotive and Miller. Um, there is an abnormal amount of people that don't know what they're doing, people that take advantage of their customers, people that have bad reputations, people that use pricing that's completely out of, of reasonability, and people who will lie to you and tell you all kinds of stuff. Uh, I see this all the time. I'll give you a quick example. Somebody did some work the other day, and they had to replace the fuel pump module on a diesel Ford. The, in order to replace the module, you have to take the oil f- or the fuel filter off. So that's part of the of the replacement. It's already built in there. So I looked at the ticket because somebody asked me to look at it, and I go, whew. I says, let me call my son. So I called Alan, and I said, hey, is there an extra charge for the uh, the fuel filter on top of a, a of a priming? He says, no, Dad. He says, that's part of the first one. So I looked at the ticket, and it was like $31 to change the fuel filter. And, and you, you, that's part of the $200 of work that just got done. Now, you could blame that on an honest mistake. You can blame it on anything you want. The idea, um, I don't like that. So the technician should have known that, and if not, the service writer should have caught that. But anyway, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. There's five of them. And if you'd like to grab one, then now's the time. Gil is answering the phone. Be nice to him because he has a stupid finger that hangs up on people. 602-508-0960. Every Saturday until the middle of November, I'll be here talking about cars. And if you want, you can also send me an email. I'm mark at marksalem.com with a K. Mark at marksalem.com. Salem is spelled like the cigarette. <laughs> I've been called Salem cigarettes all my life, as you well imagine. So anyway, 602-508-0960, and we'll be right back. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy. Rizin Kizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, or understanding understanding someone? someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until, wait, don't too. Don't Don't wait wait until until it's it's too too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was 
not just, you know, working with my physical disabilities, I was emotionally broken. I remember thinking, how did I get here? How? It was affecting me in my marriage. My husband, he didn't know how to help me. He actually called Wounded Warrior Project. Wounded Warrior Project had this thing called Couples Odyssey. It was an eye-opener, and it I think it really saved our marriage. They gave us books and resources and tools on how to help us with that. I just love him. I love you, honey. I love you, too. Watching her fight for her mental health, fighting for other veterans, fighting for this family, uh, helped me to fight, too. Well, I always loved her, but I love her 10 times more for that. Not all wounds are visible. If you or a loved one are suffering, visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash notalone. There's always a moment of truth where I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed that thin line. It was 100 plus degrees. We were hot. We were on fire. We were yelling our hearts out. You could feel the intensity rising. Even in our tiredness, even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continue to push. I told myself, you can suck up the pain for another mile and a half, and you will be a Marine. Not many people believe that I could do it. I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. All about that demon, monster with the make everybody. Glenn is going to be our next caller. And what's important here is, is we're going to do the very best we can to get everybody in. So Glenn's going to be first, and then Lori second, and then I'm going to get the rest of you, I promise. So Glenn, you're first. How can I help you? Good morning. Let's talk RV, shall we? Okay. Do you mind? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, I've got a 2003 uh, tropical... Oh, my computer went back to sleep on me. I've got a description here to make sure I get it right. It's a 2003 tropical 37-foot uh, Freightliner. Uh, Is it a diesel chassis, and how many axles does it have a, on it? It's a diesel chassis, uh, yes, Freightliner. Okay. And I took it in for a, a air conditioning in the in the cabin. Okay. And they want 12 hours to replace the condenser and a couple of lines. And I think uh, that's a lot of time. Okay. So they're going to replace one of the units that's on top of the box? No, this is this is for the, uh, the, 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 the front cabin. Oh, well, that's altogether different. Um, we're going to have to take the filter out, orifice tube out. We're going to have to pull all the refrigerant out. We're going to have to take the compressor off of it. We're going to drain the oil to figure out how much is in it. And then we're going to take the new compressor and put oil in it. If that had any ounces, we're going to do that. We're going to replace yeah. the receiver dryer. We're going to hang the compressor back on. We're going to do the receiver dryer. Then we're going to suck it all down and let it sit for about an hour and a half. Then we're going to fill it full of Freon. And then we're going to go drive it to make sure that we got somewhere between 40 and 60 degrees out of the vent. And and trust me when I tell you that that, that price is in the middle of the ballpark. That that twelve hours is uh that actually that that 
that's pretty legitimate. Yeah, I mean, we're doing six and eight hours on Oldsmobiles and Chevrolets. Mm-hmm. And, and your big Freightliner chassis, the compressor is going to cost three times as much as the one we're putting in your Nissan no, or your Chevy or your Toyota. Toyota. It's the condenser, not the compressor, the condenser. Okay, okay. Well, we can't spend a lot of time on this, but the condenser is in front of the radiator, so the radiator's got to come out, and in order to do that, we take the shroud out, we take the fan off, so we take the condenser off. We're still going to have to flush the system, put the new condenser in, put new O-rings in it, then we're going to still evacuate and recharge it. So... I don't know what to tell you. You ask me a question, and and I know I, I have a Freightliner motorhome. I know what it's like to to work underneath the hood. So I think twelve hours. But if you want, just call somebody else and say condenser R and R, remove and reinstall all your air conditioning services and the labor, and let me see what it is. The only thing I'm going to tell you is you need to make sure you look them in the eye and you say this is going to fix my problem, right? I don't want to spend twelve hundred dollars and then have the same problem a month later. So just look them in the eye and say, "I make you better make sure your diagnosis is right. I got to run, uh, uh, Kev, or Glenn, I got to go. So, Lori, you're up next. How can I help you? Hi there. I have a 2017 Avalon with 28,000 miles that I just got from my parents who passed away. And on the air conditioning, when I put it to high, it's weird because sometimes after a minute or two, it'll bump up to the full high. And then sometimes after 20 minutes, it'll bump up to the full high. Does that make sense? Well, Even though it's you, on high, it's it's really not blowing high. Okay. You're talking about the volume of, of air that's coming out of the vents? Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Underneath the dash, there's a blend door. And the blend door has, it's a big box, and there's a flapper in the middle. One of the boxes goes to the dashboard, and one of the boxes goes to the um, the center vents. And actually, one part of that box blows down below. So here's my question to you. If you have a substandard airflow, the question is, is when you do, put your hands up on the defrost and make sure that there's no air coming out of that. If there is, remember that. Then you're going to put your hands down underneath the center of the dash where the heater air comes out, and you're going to do the same thing. If you walk into a shop and say, intermittently, the airflow out of the vents is substandard even though I've got it on high and I've noticed that when it blows cold air out of the center vents it's also blown cold air out of the bottom or at the top that will help us immensely in figuring out what it is now is the air cold no matter what yes okay that means we're not going to be doing any freon or we're not going to be doing any parts or anything like that this is an air dispensing problem and a lot of the de- a lot of the work's going to take place on the passenger side underneath the dash. So, gotcha. and and this should this is this is likely to be eighty bucks to find it and a dollar to fix it. It's likely to be gotcha. something like that. What part of town you live in? Uh, North Phoenix. Okay, you can go to MarkSalem.com and look at some of the guys that we have up there. If you don't have your other sh- in another shop, if you have another shop and you really love the other shop, then you should go back to them. Okay. Perfect. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Okay, and Tony and Kevin and Eddie, please stay there because we'll be back right after this. Charlie Kirk says the left is playing for keeps. These are extra constitutional organizations, efforts underway to stop you from having a voice. They detest you. They hate you. If you're a Christian, if you're a plumber, if you work with your hands, if you're an ordinary American, they hate your values. They hate everything you stand for, and they are playing for keeps. The 2024 election, they are playing for keeps. The Charlie Kirk Show. 
weekdays at 10 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. What's wrong with the weather? Are COVID climate engineering operations already ongoing? Are weather modification operations robbing us of our rain? What else is our government hiding from us about COVID-19 and countless other issues? If you want answers to questions corporate media talking heads won't touch, tune into the weekly non-political commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Today, I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I don't want to go blind from diabetes. I don't want to lose a foot or a leg. I don't want to have kidney failure, so I'm taking control. I'm controlling my diabetes. It's making a huge difference. I'm eating healthy and staying physically active. I'm taking my medicine. If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman! You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. You have questions. Let us be the answer. 960 The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. Just like we promised, we're going to go to Kevin because Kevin waited almost 15 minutes. So, Kevin, you have my unadulterated attention. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate uh, how you share all your wealth of uh, experience and wisdom on the cars there. And I listen to your show quite a bit. Thank anyway, you. I've got a 2017 Ford Explorer, about 111,000 miles. It's got the limited package and the. Um, it's got the like three memory buttons for the seats and mirrors on it. Uh-huh. And um, lately, over the last oh so many months, it's uh, gotten to where it doesn't always reset back to the setting for that particular button, or it partially resets. And then also, I noticed like um, the hands-free uh, voice activation has gotten a little harder to get. You know, you got to push the button a few more times. I'm wondering, do I need to get a software update on that car? It's you know, 2017. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not thinking it is. What I want you to do is focus on this. This will help the person diagnose it, and it will probably substantially change the money they're going to charge you. I need you to focus on pushing the buttons hard. 
So when you push the button for the seat, I'd like you to be outside the car. And the car's running, the car it's in park and the door is open and you want to push it for seat, you know, setting 1 or setting 2. I want you to push hard on those buttons because we see this a lot and when I say to the customers push hard on the button, they go, "Yeah, it makes a difference." Okay, you want new buttons or do you want to keep pushing hard? <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> and 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 I would say there's a 75 to 80% chance that I'm right. Now, the other thing you could do if you want to, this is going to reset everything in your car, is pull the negative cable on the battery and just let it sit okay. there for a half an hour. That will reset all your electronics. Now, even better than that, pay attention to what I'm saying. You pull both cables off and touch them together. Touch the cable ends together. Leave the battery alone. Now, that will wipe out everything. It will wipe out all your seat settings, your mirror settings, all that kind of stuff. But you can start over that way. And I did that to a car the other day that was having a tailgate problem. The automatic tailgate opened and closed, and it fixed it. So, so you just touch it together real quick, get the quick spark, and that's it? No, there's no spark because your battery's not in it. Oh, that's oh. right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You just take the cables off and touch them together. and Or if you've got a little jumper cable with alligator clips, just click here, click here, walk away, tell the wife that you'll mow the grass, and then come back. Okay. And then um, it got me thinking about the overall, you know, primary control module software. Is there any value, real value, in, like, going back to the dealer and have them do a reset update or whatever on the on the control module software at this point no i don't know i don't you're using control module as engine function and the control okay. module controls fuel and spark and emissions and o2 sensor and right. all that kind of stuff that's They're what i mean uh-huh. yeah no 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 you you can okay. ask them to do that but most of us won't do that if there is no problem Okay. And, and, well, that's and, what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. I didn't want to get, make a problem where there isn't one. <laughs> no. And, and something else, too, is we only do that. We only reflash a car if we're trying to fix a problem that's really weird. In your particular okay. case, we need to go through some steps before we do anything like that. But it's not going to hurt it. It's going to reset everything. And so you just have to reset your seats and all that other kind of stuff. But I, our shop probably does it once or twice a year. And we work on 20 cars a day. So th- there's okay. your answer right there. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, Gil, have we got anybody in queue? We do. Say hello to Chris. Chris, good morning. Morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Good. Hey, um, I've got a particular problem, and I've been guessing at it. I've got a 1998 um, Chevy motorhome. Okay. Or Chevrolet chassis, basically. Okay. It's a 454 in it. Okay. And um, I've had desert grass before through some wiring, so I thought, well, I'm from wiring again. But no, the only thing what I'm not having now is I don't have spark. And all the spark plug wires are there. Everything looks fine there, but I've got no spark at the spark plugs. So okay. I, well, that's easy. So I, repl- I replaced the control module. Where is the control that. module? Um, right next to the distributor outside. Okay. And okay. then also... I uh, replaced the spark sensor on the crankshaft. That's the crank sensor. The crank sensor, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's so, it. Okay, well, it's got an HEI distributor. It has a coil in the cap, and mm-hmm. um, and then you pull the cap off, and there's a little control module with two screws, and there's wires that plug into the end of them. So the only thing you really haven't checked is the coil. This isn't a tough thing for us to do with our electronics. 
we'll plug into the system and we'll make sure that the distributor's spinning and the, and we get the, the what we call a square wave. It's just kind of up and down and up and down and up and down. That's a wave signal. So we know that the distributor is spinning and stuff like that. One of the things that you should do is take the cap off and have somebody crank the motor over and let's make sure the distributor's spinning. Because if yeah. the distributor's not spinning, then we either chewed off the gear at the bottom of the distributor or the pin that holds the gear on is gone, or your timing chain's bad. How many miles no, are on? Um, 86,000 miles. Okay, you shouldn't have that problem then. That, as far no. as the timing gear is, is concerned, you no, shouldn't the, have um, that We did take the distributor cap off, and it, the rotor does spin inside of the, the okay. uh, distributor itself. So you're saying inside the distributor cap, is where that is? Well, the coil's on top of the distributor cap. Okay. And, well, you said it's a 1998. Yes. Yeah, so there's 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 a cover on top of the distributor cap, and if you take the little quarter-inch screws out of there, and underneath it is the coil. Okay. And you could you could replace that if you want. Um, to to be honest, and do you have a 12-volt test light? Yes, I do. Okay. I want you to go to ground, and I want you to go to the negative side of the coil, and I want you mm-hmm. to have your wife crank it over. And okay. the light should flash, 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 flash. That means the coil's working. Okay. And so is the crankshaft sensor. Um, and then the, if you if you put the ignition module in, you should be it should be fine. Well, at that point, it's gonna, it's not going to start because of fuel or spark. And so you've handled the spark side. Are you sure it's not a low fuel pressure or a plugged fuel no. filter? Okay. No, no. Um, we disconnected the lines on it. And of course, I don't have the hookups to do the gauges on it. But man, just the fuel coming out like crazy. Uh, okay, but that's not good enough for me. Here's what I want you to do: buy a can of carb spray, take the air cleaner off, have somebody hold the throttle half open, spray like hell inside that throat, and then stand back and see if it starts for a second and shuts off. And if it starts for a second and shuts off, you got a fuel problem and probably a fuel pump, or okay. a filter, or a filter that's plugged up. So, yeah, you okay. check that because I'm not I'm not happy with the idea that you looked at something coming out of one of the Schrader valves and, and said it was okay. I can't even do that, so that's the reason why this is how we determine if the, if you're absent of fuel. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Mark. Thank you okay. very much. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm gonna write down no start. Okay, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and Gil says we have another caller. Say hello to Anna. Anna, good morning. Um, good morning. Uh, thank you. Um, I was just curious. I I'm not sure if you answer questions regarding. I'm 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 in need of a, a new car. I was planning to buy a, uh, purchase a new car. What is the best uh, ratio? Like I'm not really sure what to offer. Is it better to offer cash or to finance it? And uh, the amount that I can. Um, ask minus the M- uh, MSRP price. Okay, that's part of negotiating for a new car, and uh, you okay. go in and find something you like, and you just take a picture of the MSR, and then when you go in, if you have the ability to pay cash, they're not going to care if it's a credit card, or they're not going to care. I mean, if I were you, I'd use a credit card because you get the points. <laughs> But you just say I'm a cash player, and um, I would like very much for you to give me two numbers. Number one, um, the sticker, and then number two, how much I write my check for. And here's why you say write my check for. Because at the end of the day, some will go, well, we have to, we have, 
uh, shipping on the car, and we have we've already done a a desert. Uh, wex package and we already put this in the tires and we've already did this and we did this and that's called the pack so they pack the receipt with all of this fancy stuff that uh, allows them to make more money we we did a pearl wax job on it and then we treated the windows you don't care about any of that you want the the msrp and you want to know how much am i going to pay for it and i should only pay for the car sales tax and plates the car, sales packs, and plates. I don't want anything else. I don't want any shipping. I don't want any transport. I don't want any of that. Then you get the information, and you say, thank you very much, and then you go to the dealer and figure out what they say. Okay. All right. Um, appreciate the help. Thank you very much. Okay. Let me just tell you, other than the sales uh-huh. tax on the car, um, the pack is usually a couple of hundred dollars. So you, okay. you want to start there. But and you, and you know after you get done you can call a couple of places and say I'm looking for this new car whatever it is and and you say do you have something in stock yes I do what color is it yes I do would you um, would you email me information tell me what the sticker says and then tell me how much I have to write my check for to come over and pick it up that's a perfectly acceptable question okay all right thank okay. you all right you Appreciate bet uh huh. Alrighty, six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Unless we got somebody in queue, Gil. Uh, lines are open. Lines are wide open. So six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Buying a buying a new car is just really tough, and you have to negotiate. And it's not like he gives you a number and then you give him a number and then he gives you the final number. That's not the way I do. <laughs> you give me a number, I give you a different number. You give me a different number, I give you a different number, but. They do like uh, cash people, but they also make a little bit of money if you if you if you use the, their money or if you get a loan or if you use financing that they offer. Here's the deal: if you got cash, you can. If they say we're going to give you a little discount, but you have to use our financing, just look at the paperwork to make sure that you can bail out of it, and then you wait 30 days, 60 days, and then you write your check, pay it off, and you're done. So make sure there's no prepayment penalties and stuff like that. But it is possible, and there is no rhyme or reason. Um, I think, I'm trying to think, I think my family, because of our relationship with so many dealers, I think our family is um, is the sticker price it includes sales tax, uh, license, ads, desert protection package, which is just wax, and all the ads. So what we struggle to do, try to do is write the check for the sticker amount which includes all the other crap so the sales tax and this and that and desert protection package and nitrogen in your tires and all those things because all those other things are called pack and they're really really inexpensive to do and and our industry charges a hell of a lot of money for them so you don't need nitrogen in your tires. You don't need fancy oil. You, if you want to get window tint, fine. And if you don't, then you can have somebody else do the window tint. So dealers are good people, but obviously there's this negotiation that's going to go on. And if you want to get a car and have a good feeling for the rest of that life, then um, some of the things I've suggested are, are good. We have a relationship with with a guy named Rustin, and Rustin represents a very large dealership in town. And so we've developed this over time. And so not too long ago, my wife wanted a new Jeep Gladiator, that pickup truck Jeep, and she wanted the diesel motor. And we called Rustin, and uh, he found one. 
And then he said to me, I know you're going to whittle on me. And I says, just tell me what the number is. I said, just how much do I have to write my check for? And so he gave us the number. And I thought compared to what the vehicle sticker was, I thought there was a lot of stuff missing. So I said, you didn't put a desert protection package on this. You didn't put fancy air in the tires. You didn't. He says, no. He says, we don't do that for Walker Salem because <laughs> you always whittle us down. I said, I don't always whittle you down, but that's what we do. So anyway, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Oh, and we have a caller. Who might that be? Say hello to Pat. Pat, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Wonderful. So I've got a 2017 Honda Odyssey, and we've been having an issue. Uh, I had it into a shop, and we had an issue where when we, it seemed like when we made a left turn, uh, kind of a looping left turn, uh, it, when it was going to third gear, there would be this uh, delay and then a a lurch into gear. A bang. Very, very odd. Okay. Uh, so we, uh, they, they diagnosed motor mounts. Those have been replaced multiple times, but, uh, we still had the issue. So the dealer or not the dealer, pardon me, the, uh, the shop I had it at wanted to keep it. They kept it all weekend. Uh, they drove it quite a bit. We need to get to the end of this story though. What, so what happened? So it, it's at, sorry, it's at Honda, uh, for a transmission, but they want to uh, they want me to pay eight hundred dollars for a three drain refill and a computer. The one tech, uh, the tech at the other shop says it's transmission, and this is for a different issue. Okay, well, I'd go to I I would go to Automatic Transmission Exchange down on Warner or out in Washington, and I I would say to those guys, Mark Salem sent me, and would you look at this and tell? This could be a low fluid level. I don't even like the story that you're telling me, and I know that you're not making it up, but that's what everybody's saying. This could be a low fluid. I'm really mad that they put motor mounts on it because that has nothing to do with what the symptoms you said, and so. You know, you're dealing with some people that are not, And then now you have two different people, two different diagnoses. So let's just go to a transmission shop, um, uh, Automatic Transmission Exchange on 40th Street in Washington, and tell Phil that Mark Salem sent you, and he said that you would cut my diagnostic uh, fee in half, and he said you were going to start at $1,000. And he'll laugh because that says that I'm going to charge you 500 for your diagnostic fee, and that's a stupid number. So you can do that, and I suggest we get another. And then when you talk to the people at the independent shops or anywhere else, you have to be careful who you're talking to because a lot of time you're talking to a, a salesman or you're talking to somebody who's never worked on a car, and when he talks to you, he's just guessing. 602 508